Welcome to the 1611 Defense Podcast. My name is Kyle Kiker. This is Evangelist Mitch Canuck. And we're coming to you uh, today on July 1st, 2021. uh, And with the topic of the New King James Exposed. Does that sound like a good title for today? That sounds excellent. Okay, so that's, that's the title. Brother Mitch, how have you been? And tell us how your ministry is going. Been very busy. My wife and I just got back from Amarillo, Texas, um, and that's 3,120 miles. And so yeah. we're still a little tired. At 65 years old, it takes longer to recover than it used to. But we're very thankful for the doors that God has opened and for the meeting and for this opportunity to be with you on your podcast. And I want to clarify that while I'm uh, on that subject, this uh, 1611 Defense is Brother Kiker's website. It's his, uh, uh, you know, idea. I'm just a guest. That's what I've been ever since we've been on the here for 16 podcasts now. I think this makes what 17. I think so. And <clears throat> so uh, I, I, I think there was some misconception about uh, about that. I have a website of my own. Although I don't have a computer, I have a website. It's www.mitchlknup.com. And so that is my personal website. But this is Brother uh, Kyle's website. He maintains it. Uh, in essence, he pays for it. Pod- podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. And so I wanted to make sure, I'm going to make that clear because of some things that have been said and been printed lately about that and so um uh, get that all out in the open yeah i'm just thankful to be here well i appreciate you uh willing to come on and and do this with me yeah i really do um public thanks there uh also wanted to say this is a ministry of my local church um i'm the youth pastor out at new testament independent baptist church at 5140 irish potato road concord Concord, Kannapolis, Kannapolis North, North Carolina, yeah. 28083, I think it is. Uh, my pastor is Pastor Bobby Utley. He's been there for 52 years, yeah. I think it is. Right. He's just turned 84. So uh, his his nickname at the radio station was uh, oh, 1611, 1611 Utley, Utley I, yeah. I think is what they called him. So Anyway, but this podcast, 1611 Defense, is now a ministry out of the New Testament Baptist Church. And I'm, I, me personally, and I believe Brother Mitch is the same way, ministries need to be out of local yeah. churches. Uh, that's the Bible way. And, uh, and so that's what this is. Now, you can find this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, the main podcast sites, Apple Podcast, YouTube, which you're obviously listening through it or watching it through one of those. But you can also find it on my church's website. And I forgot the URL for it, but if you search for New Testament Independent Baptist Church, Kannapolis, North Carolina, you'll find it. It's under the ministries page and has a link to it. So uh, there you go. That's the updated part of the podcast. And while we're on that, church things, we have camp meeting coming up. I'll throw a spill out there for that. It's July 1st. 
camp meeting starts technically Sunday the 4th, but we'll be going the 5th through the 9th. That's Monday through Friday. Uh, Pastor Andrew Sluter will is the guest preacher. Starts at 7 o'clock up on the mountain. Uh, if you turn in at 5140 Irish Potato Road, there's two drives. It's the lower drive, dirt drive, and it you'll see it where it turns into pavement and goes up a mountain. The arbor, which is a... Um, it's got sawdust under and all that sort of thing, but it's an arbor, uh, open air arbor up on top of the mountain. Starts at seven o'clock. So there's the plug for camp meeting. Yeah, Brother Sluter's. Uh, he's a blessing. He's a young preacher in, in relation to me. I'm 65, but Brother Sluter's a young man. It's the power of God is on him. He's a Bible believer yep. and he's a very good friend. And uh, I highly recommend his ministry and recommend yep. that you come hear him if you get. Uh, opportunity if the lord wills it we are going to be podcasting next week with brother sluter uh on the spanish bible controversy and that should be very interesting with the rvg and the 1960 different people are saying different stuff we're going to look at some scriptures and even if you're uh if your only language is english and you're a pastor or preacher this is an important subject and we'll go into that next week, Lord willing, but uh, there's a lot of ignorance, for lack of a better word, with with people who push the King James Bible, but may have or support Spanish ministries that use the Spanish equivalent of an ESV yeah, or a new King James. Yeah. And so, Lord willing, we'll be talking about that next week. So, as far as this week goes, uh, was that all the... Uh, all the business stuff i think so yeah except for the uh debate yeah uh, got a debate coming up cody brother cody zorn pastor of bible missionary baptist church has asked me to take part in a debate on the 14th of august at 12 noon on that saturday uh against one of the uh, proponents of uh the recovering fundamental uh website now let me say this i'm not a fundamentalist never have been i don't profess to be i'm a bible believer i believe more than just five or six fundamentals uh from the bible uh, leaving out the security of the believer uh, and baptism by immersion and uh, soul liberty which which is a bible doctrine and a baptist doctrine that's been one of the greatest uh, uh hoaxes since the late 1800s you can just believe four or five doctrines in the Bible and call them fundamentals, and you're a fundamentalist. Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a fundamentalist. It's, and Brother Kyle and myself. you could probably throw that one in there, Yeah, too. that's right. And we're not Protestants either. Nope. Baptists are not Protestants, never have been. Uh, as I've said before, Bible-believing Baptists were being persecuted, believing the Word of God before Martin Luther and John Calvin's mother took the syrup out of their formula. Yeah. So uh, I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but you know, like I say, they need to do some reading. They need to do some real research yeah. and study, and they'll come away a lot wiser. But anyway, that's supposed to be on the fourteenth of August, unless something changes. At what? And, One o'clock? Uh, Twelve o'clock, I believe he said. Maybe. Uh, might have to check on that. I but think it's anyway. one, but yeah, just look it up. Okay. Call this, Brother Zorn. Call Brother Zorn, <laughs> but. Uh, if you're interested in that type of thing, I've never challenged anybody to a debate. I don't plan to ever challenge anybody to a debate, but Brother Cody is a personal friend of mine, 
And uh, so I agreed to do this. And I don't want any prestige, don't want any kind of glory, don't want any kind of adulation. All I want is just to get the truth out. So if that takes place, that's when it'll take place, August 14th. And I got something else I want to throw out there. It didn't please God by the foolishness of podcasts to save them that believe. Right. Uh, right. We do this podcast as a polemic type thing to, uh, in other words, we want to give the truth out, black and white, understandable. And it's this podcast is more aligned for people who already believe the King James Bible is the Word of God without error. That's yeah, who so. this is kind of geared toward to help you defend it against all the uh, rebels that come out of fundamentalism or Bible-believing groups or whatever. Uh, And, and, you know, there's always going to be people who defect to apostate crowds. Yeah, There's always going to be people like that. And now they've got a podcast. Now they've got a podcast. You you know, you, you think about Acts chapter 27 where the ship broke up there. The Alexandrian ship broke and they went to the shore on pieces of board and the broken ship, broken pieces of the ship. Brother Kyle and I are not saying if you are a proponent of the modern version that you're not saved. If you're saved, saved, you're saved by the grace of God. But I would sure rather go to heaven on a sound ship than on broken pieces. And the Bible said the scripture cannot be broken. So what I'm saying is these other versions of the Bible, they are not scripture. They are perversions. And I sure don't want to try to make it to Melita on on, on yeah. pieces of a broken Alexandrian ship. That's yep. for sure. And it's out of Alexandria. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we're going to talk about that today with the new King James. So, uh, so that was, that was our introduction there. Now, as far as the new King James goes, brother Mitch, when were you made aware about the new King James coming out and what was your reaction to that? Well, I, I I knew about it uh, by you know reading and uh, you know staying up on uh, the current uh, versions that came out. I have an article here from the November Salisbury Post of 1981, and uh, it talks about the King James Bible gets an update. A seven-year effort costs 3.5 million to be published in August of 1982. The man who was responsible for the, um, uh, the, you know, promoting it, Thomas Lydon said that Thomas Nelson plans to aggressively market the New King James Bible, aiming at various denominations. He also goes on to say, and I quote, "It's a very competitive market." Lydon said, "When you put 3.5 million to 4 million in a project." You want to tell your stockholders you're going to get it back. Folks, that's the motive. And that is not a biblical motive. The love of money is the root of all evil. And uh, the King James translators worked seven years, only being supported by their churches. They received no money and no stipend from the crown except the final review committee. In 1610, the 12 men that had the final review, they received 30 shillings a week, which is about $6 in modern cash money. So uh, the motive has never been money for the King James Bible, but it is the motive for the new King James. It always has been. It always will be. Not only the new King James, but every, every translation that comes down the pike it's money, 
It's prestige and it's authority. And the that, per- that's it. The proof is in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. pudding. The pudding. <laughs> the proof's in the pudding. The pudding. Uh, the proof is in the pudding yeah. with the C with the circle around it. Yeah, right. And uh, of course, people say, "Oh, the King James had a." We had a guy comment on one of uh, the YouTube, uh, a, a YouTube podcast videos we put out, talking about how the King James had a copyright on it, and so I didn't even reply to him. I didn't see the point yeah. in doing it. But anyway, only copyright. We're probably going to do a podcast on, the, on that eventually. Yeah. The only copyright on the, the King James Bible is the Crown copyright, simply to keep uh, other printers from printing it. Besides Robert Barker, that's it was the only the King's printer. It was the King's printer, Regius, Regius printer, and uh, who wound up, by the way, carrying most of the load for the printing of the King James Bible, and wound up spending the last uh, ten years of his life in debtor's prison because the people that were going to help support him reneged and he had to carry the burden. And so your Bible came not only with blood and sweat, but it came with prison time as well. So we need to appreciate it a lot more than what people do today. Yeah. Amen. So the Bible says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. It also says, uh, it says he that is spiritual judges all things. Yeah yet he himself is judged of no man. And so we don't necessarily, or we aren't necessarily, necessarily judging people's motives, although good motives can lead to hell, just as good as bad motives That's can. That's right. But the thing about it is, is we're to prove all things, and we're going to compare some scripture. So I've got a New King James Life Application Bible that is uh, put out by Tyndale, and it's got some nice writing on it that Brother Mitch put on there. No, not a Brother Bible Ted of, did that. Oh, it was a Brother, <laughs> brother Tad, Tad Frick. Frick. Yeah, okay. he's says, in heaven now. Bless not a heart. Bible, just a book, and it's got a skull and crossbones on it. Yeah. So I felt kind of odd at the coffee shop with it today, uh, prepping for this. Yeah. I kind of put it under my Bible where people couldn't see it. So uh, let's see here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians one eighteen. Okay. And Brother Mitch, if you'll find the English authorized version reading. Okay. I'll handle this dull blade sword. All right. Like trying to Corrupt, shave. And corrupted trying, milk. <laughs> trying to shave with a banana. That's a good one. That's pretty good. Yeah. So before I do this, uh, a lot of the ecumenical moves today are moving toward Catholicism. Most people don't see it. They and a lot of times they'll step on Calvinism before they get to Catholicism. Yeah. The New King James is a move toward Catholicism. You say, well, that's crazy. It was put out by Arthur Far- Farstad, and it had all these conservative Protestant Baptist whatever people yeah. on the committees. Yeah. Yeah. That's a list of all the translators. Yeah, we'll talk about them last, okay. Lord willing, all right. uh, unless we swap our points here but anyway um i want to read you something off of catholic.com uh if you want this quote just comment on the youtube version and i may or may not reply to it depending on whether i see it and all that but anyway uh here it is we believe that salvation is a process by which and i get that word process by which we come closer to god throughout our whole life 
as we participate in the sacraments, that's not a biblical word, by the way, unless you have a new Schofield, but anyway, mm-hmm. um, and the grace that comes through them. And then in a quote, here's another quote. Still, we must cooperate with God's grace to find eternal happiness with God. If we don't, we'll, we will be cut off from God forever. So the Catholics believe that salvation is a process. Yes. Uh that can come from a lot of different ways. Catholics a lot of times will go to the church fathers to prove their doctrine as you cannot find babies sprinkling in the Bible. People did not even uh, sprinkle babies before about 200 AD. Mm-hmm. And Origen was a big, uh, he and Augustine helped with that. But anyway, um, I need to quit saying anyway. We're having a podcast. Well, the... You're absolutely right. The, the even the Church of England didn't fully adopt infant baptism till 1663, far yeah. af, far after the King James Bible had yeah. already been translated and produced in 1611. People need to know that. It's very yeah. important. So, First Corinthians one eighteen. Will okay. you read the straight plumb line from the Authorized Version? Okay, Brother Mitch. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. But unto us which are saved, that's present tense. Right. Here's what the New King James perversion says. For the message of the cross is foolishness. Now let me stop there. Our message is not foolishness. The preaching is foolishness. If you've ever gone street preaching, you know how foolish you look. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it's a good thing. It's a good thing to put the flesh in subjection by getting out there and, and preaching. So it says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So I would like to ask them, Are you saved or are you not? And their question, their answer would be, Well, I'm being saved. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a present purgatory to yeah, me yeah it does i have the official word from catholic in the bible uh that says that a catholic can answer a person that inquires about their salvation by saying they are saved through baptism they are being saved through the sacraments and keeping the commandments that's their answer well well, it's just been backed up right there in the New King James Version. Let, let's, uh, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, shall every word be established. So let's yeah. go to witness number two, 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Yeah, sir. And that's the next book over, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. Go ahead, brother. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ in them that are saved and in them that perish are saved that's present tense for by grace are you saved through faith the new king james says if i'm not mistaken we're saved in that yeah. spot but here's what it says in second corinthians two fifteen: for we are to god the fragrance of christ among those among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing so it sounds like there's two classes of people those who are perishing and those who are being saved yes you, uh, you want to know why you've got mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and cousins by the dozens. If you ask them if they're saved, they'll say, well, I'm, 
I'm trying to be. I'm doing the best mm-hmm. I can. I'm living the best I can. You say, well, how can they come up with an answer like that? It's because they're carrying one of these right here. Yeah. They're carrying one of these versions. And, brother, it's not only the New King James. It's the ESV. It's the NIV. It's all the rest of the Vs, and including probably the HIV, that tells them they're being saved instead of are saved. If I had a religion that didn't let me know that I was saved now and I was on my way to heaven now and that I know beyond all shadow of a doubt that through the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm saved now. I'm as in, as good as in heaven. If I was already there, I'd trade it in for a used dip of snuff. You'd get more out of it. There is a... There is a false saying that the new versions don't affect doctrine. You can still find the main doctrines in there. Oh my. And the reason they can get away with that is because even though it takes out the deity of Christ in 1 John 5, 7, even though Luke 2, 33, the, uh, these different places that it, it diminishes doctrine, it'll still have one place in there that'll say, give the doctrine right. And so it doesn't totally do away with it in many cases. It just dumbs it down yeah. and takes a lot of the verses that keep backing it up. Yes, sir, brother. And so that's that's how they get away with that loophole. But yes, it does affect doctrine because we are proving it right now. Now let's put the nail in the coffin with Acts 2.47. Okay. Acts chapter 2. And I'll... Satan's got better sense than to change everything in these modern versions. Yeah, and it's also a positive outlook because Satan's first words in Genesis, the serpent, yay, yay he's God's a positive said. thinker. Yeah. All right, Acts chapter 2, look at verse 47. Uh, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. And to that I say, man, here's what the perversion of Liberty University says uh, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved yeah there you have it the proofs in the pudding well and 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 some of you take offense to what brother Kyle just said about Liberty University I've got the official hardback edition put out with the introduction by Jerry Falwell in 1982 when the New King James Old and New Testament came out. The New Testament, which I have at home, just came out in 79. The whole thing came out in 1982, and he's got introduction promoting the New King James Version from Liberty University. So He, he was on the North American Committee. Yeah. Yes, he was. I got it right here. And there's there's a few other names that were on there, too. I'm kind of holding off for that. Yeah. But, um, do you have any... I got a couple more that I was thinking we could look at before yeah, we go into the history. How about Acts 4, 27 and 30? Okay. All right. Acts four twenty seven, King James Bible of 1611. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. That's verse 27. Verse 30 says, By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy 
child Jesus. Jesus Christ is God's child. Right. Verse 27 and 30 of the New King James. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. And then verse 30, by stretching, by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Yeah, once may be a mistake, twice is premeditated. Jesus Christ is more than just God's servant. Nebuchadnezzar yeah. was called God's servant. Cyrus yeah. was called God's servant. Jesus Christ is God's only begotten son, his child. Amen. God manifest in flesh as human because mm -hmm. God can't die. For Jesus Christ came to die for his creation. He had to come in flesh and die and be resurrected and go back to sit at the right hand of the Father. So I don't understand that. I don't either, but I believe it because it's in the book. Yeah. Behold, great is the mystery of yeah, godliness. Right. Yeah. God and, and, was manifest in right. the flesh. And they mess that up too, along with 1 John 5, 7. Yeah, let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. Yeah, that's a good one. This is a... This is a perversion if you've ever seen one. Now, before we go any further, a lot of people, or you can see this from reading after some of the people that put this out, this is not an edition of the authorized King James Bible. No. It's not an edition. It is a revision. They change stuff yes, big sir. time. It's not... Than the edition after 1769. Not at all, which we're proving that, obviously. So, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, Brother Mitch, you want to read verse 22? Abstain from all appearance of evil. So, abstain from all appearance of evil. Don't tie your shoes in your neighbor's watermelon patch. An yeah. old saying. Yeah, okay? right. Don't be doing a right thing and somebody think you're doing evil. That's the appearing of evil. Don't do something that's good. Don't drink water out of a beer can. Right. Don't, yeah, don't drink whiskey. Uh, don't put iced tea in a whiskey bottle and sit on a park bench and sit there and drink the iced tea that looks like whiskey. Yeah. Because even though you're drinking iced tea, those that walk by don't know you're not drinking liquor when they know yep. you're a child of God. That's what it's talking about. And that's important because if you're saved, your testimony is important. It is. Uh, if you lose your testimony, you may never get it back. That's right. And some people, even though and there's been tons of, uh, lots of cases where people have lost their testimony and they actually did the wrong thing, but then there's some, they may have People thought they did something, been indicted or whatever, and then yeah. maybe they didn't do it. Of course, there's there's been a lot of bad stuff happen. That's not to excuse the, yeah. the wicked stuff. Yeah. But keep an eye on your testimony. It's important. Protect it. So you get that from the King James Bible. Yes, sir. Now, here's what this corrupt, excusive aversion says. Mm -hmm. It says, abstain from every form of evil. Well, amen. Yeah. We should. Yeah. But that's not what the verse says, and it's a totally different meaning from the, from the King James. 
from the authorized version. It is. So, you got one you want to do? Uh, well, uh, yeah, let me say this. Uh, the most dangerous translation on the market has to be, without a doubt, the New King James Version because it's got King James connected to it. And people yep. say, uh, the, what I get traveling all over the country, I get, well, I, I just use it because it, all it does is take the these and thous. Folks, listen, listen. I'm not telling you something I got off the internet. I've got 125 of these modern versions myself. And I've burnt the midnight oil for 44 plus years dealing with this stuff. This new King James Version here has got revised standard version readings all through the Old Testament. Oh, yeah. And American standard version readings all through the New Testament. And these men will come out and say, well, I was on the New King James Version Committee because they use the Masoretic Hebrew text and they use the, uh, uh, you know, the... Uh, uh, textus receptus based neutral text or textus receptus that that's one of the biggest lies ever hatched out of hell since Big somebody farce. called PTL a ministry. Folks, listen to me. Uh, they come out with that, and I know better. But then they they brag about well we didn't use Nestle's text, and I have here seven or eight men that was on the NIV committee yep. is also on the New King James Version committee. Yep. You say, well, what's the problem? Can I tell you this as blunt as I can tell you and still be decent? These men are translation harlots. Or I could have said whore. That's a Bible word too. Yep. They're for sale to the highest bidder. Their, their wares are for sale. Their talents for sale. Their education's for sale. Whoever calls them to produce these modern versions, they come running because it's all about this and prestige and authority. They want the authority that this book has and they're never going to get it. And this is not conjecture. This is Fact. facts. Just look them up. I've, I can point you to books. Um, David Daniels came out with a book last year uh, the path from faith to doubt, talking about the new the new King James mm -hmm. and how he got caught up in it, uh, and he talks about how, and he gives the names of translators or people that were on the committee, and went on after that to work on other Alexandrian back. back. Um, Bible translations. Yes, sir. And don't think this is without Alexandrian readings. Because it is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you had a verse you were going to? Uh, Second Timothy 2.15? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to get that in before. The Second Timothy 2.15, I'm amazed at these these books like this that talks about them being study Bibles. I've got an ESV English Standard Version, which is a rehash of the 1971 edition of the Communist Bible, the Revised Standard Version. Most of you out there didn't know that, did you? The 1971 edition of the RSV, the ESV, with all Calvinistic translators. Isn't that amazing? But in the front of that study Bible I've got says this is the ESV Student Study Bible. 
And when you get to Second Timothy, for serious students, for serious students, and when you get to Second Timothy two fifteen, guess what? The word "study" is not even in the entire book. Second Timothy two fifteen, study, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Dispensationalism is not a new doctrine. It's in the Bible four times. God expects us to rightly divide the word, and that's more than just Old and New Testament. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, uh, well, go ahead and and read what the New King James says. Uh, if I can find it here, it's kind of tough to find. Okay, be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So Absolutely. Be you've diligent. Got, you've got two commands. In, in John five thirty nine. Jesus Christ said, Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Most modern versions will say, that's a command, that's an imperative. Search the scriptures, a command, not a suggestion. The modern versions will say, you search the scriptures, before in them you think you have life eternal. Uh, That is a present indicative active. That's not even the same English structure of the sentence. That's an imperative. Two places, John 5, 39, and 2 Timothy 2.15, the command by God Almighty to study and they're stricken from the New King James Version, most of the modern versions. So with that being said, let's talk a bit about the path to apostasy. Uh, How did they come up with be diligent? Well, let's say you have a preacher who has a King James Bible Mm -hmm. and he's read study, study, study. And he wonders what the Greek word behind study is. So he pulls out his trusty Strong's Concordance. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And I said trusty uh, in jest there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very right. interesting. Uh, but they'll pull out the Strong Concordance and see what the Greek word is behind study. And I can visualize it in my mind, but I don't remember that Greek word because I wasn't planning on talking about this today. But if you look up that word in Strong's Concordance in the lexicon in the back, yeah, you'll find out that study is toward the bottom of the list of what that word can mean. And be diligent, if I remember correctly, is one of the first ones yes, that comes yeah. up under that word under Strong's lexicon in the back of the concordance. If you yeah. have one of those concordances that has the lexicon in the back. The concordance is the greatest tool ever produced in print for finding yeah. words yeah. Boy, that lexicon, uh, William Dangerous just... Dangerous as a snake. Oh, it snake is. Snake in the grass. Wilhelm Jacinius, a German rationalist, was the man responsible for the Hebrew definitions in the <clears throat> lexicon in Strong's, in G.B. Weiner's lexicon uh, with Thayer uh, in the New Testament. But, uh, folks, listen. Those men didn't believe in the blood atonement. They didn't believe in the inspiration of scriptures. They didn't believe in the virgin birth. They didn't believe in the deity of Christ. Thayer was a Unitarian. Yes, he was. Do you want a Do you want a Unitarian telling you what a Greek word means? Yeah, that's kind of like hiring. Um, I forgot the guy's name too. It's been a long day. The guy that on the uh, nineteen fifty two Harry Harry the Old Testament guy. Oh yeah, Orlinsky. Harry Orlinsky. Yeah. 
because of his Hebrew credentials, not yeah. because he was supposed to be a Christian. Yeah, and he was an unsaved Jew. So, Harry Orlinsky, thank you, Brother Mitch, for bailing wow. me out there. So, there you go. You got somebody with the King James Bible, and they use Strong's Concordance Lexicon. Yeah. Used the one Spurgeon used. He used Cruden's, yeah. Cruden's mm-hmm. uh, Concordance. Of course, now they got Bible apps. Uh, Spurgeon would have been happy to have a Bible app. Have, yeah, I mean, don't throw your concordance that. out with the bathwater. The concordance, yeah. as far as finding words, now most Excellent. of you got programs on your yeah. computer. But for us old school fellas, Strong's Concordance is an excellent tool for locating words. Yeah. But stay away from that lexicon because James Strong, who produced it, yeah. and he worked 35 years on that concordance, that lexicon, James Strong was on the American Revision Committee. Yeah, and according to... It made 36,000 changes in your King James Bible. And uh, according to one author I read out, the American Standard Version Committee, because they, they, for the RV Committee, 1881-1885, there was an American committee on that, and they they didn't come across the big pond, the ocean, they corresponded, and they didn't put their changes in the text. Right, right. And so they had to wait a certain amount of years before they could put it out, bef- yeah. before the American committee could put yeah, their years. changes out. Yeah, 20 years. So that's why you get 1901, the American Standard Version. They got to put theirs out. But according to Gail Ripplinger, if if I remember correctly, the American committee was more liberal in, in some of their suggestions. Yeah. Than the English committee, they were, and they were buying. And, they were buying the ASV and the RV and by the wheelbarrow loads. And, uh, and Strong was on, on the ASV committee. committee. Yeah, and and uh, he too, he mentioned uh, jo- jo- Joseph Henry Thayer. He was became the the president chairman of the American Vision Committee. After Philip Schaff died in 1893, Philip Schaff said the Bible was not complete. Then I've got that in the Columbian Exposition of uh, World Religions. He said the Bible is not complete. It'll never be complete until every religion in the world is able to add their scripture to it. God killed him. 1893, after he made that statement, groundhogs bringing his mail. And Joseph Henry Thayer took over as head of the chairman of committee. Baker's publication of his lexicon said, beware of this man's theological bent. And I just said what he doesn't believe. Why do you want to follow a man that doesn't even believe the Bible for your authority when you've got the book right here translated by men who did believe the Bible, every word of it? Yeah. Good question. So the first step to apostasy is going from the English, English only, to accepting corrupt readings from a lexicon, yeah. and that's when you hear people from like Pensacola Christian College and different mm-hmm. ones like that yeah, saying, yeah. in the Greek or the Greek word, I just that 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 just shuts me off if I'm listening to somebody and they say, well, in the Greek, this word can mean. I always okay, ask them, that sounds real smart. Yeah, you I know? always ask them which Greek. There's 24 Greek texts extant, 24 extant print right now. Which Greek? They wouldn't know Greek. They're they're what they are is they're armchair Greek scholars, just like yeah. the Monday morning quarterbacks in the yeah. NFL. Uh, they don't know Greek. They just know what they read in some lexicon or in Strong's Concordance, Young's Concordance, or in you know. But um, it makes them sound smart. Yeah, right. 
And right. there, there's a fleshly desire to be found educated and to be found right. Nicolaitan, yeah, separated from everybody it. else. So people will look to you and ask you yes, questions sir. and make you feel important. Well, that's what we just mentioned. Money, prestige, yep. authority. Yeah. That's it. That's what they crave. After yep. all, I'm not going to spend $20,000 on a Christian education and blow that money out of rat hole when this some old farm woman raising five kids, well, her husband passed away, got an old King James Bible by candlelight. She knows more of the Bible than you do, and yeah. you've been off to Christian college and made a real first-class infidel out of you. Yeah. So that's step one. And then step two is this. The New King James. Yes. And so a church, before they go from the King James, now if you're a pastor and you've been around and you're listening to this, you could, you're probably thinking of church names when, when I say this. If a, if a man, let's say a church has a pastor that's been there for a long time, they get a new pastor in. And he's he's been uh, cemetery trained. And he goes from the, he's wanting to move to a false version. He's going to adapt to the New King James, probably through a lexicon like Strong's, get the New King James into the hands of the people, and then he'll be moving to an ESV yes, sir. or uh, NIV or something like that, yes, depending on how Calvinistic he is. It's like, it's like a guy that starts off with alcohol, then he starts smoking marijuana, and that's not right. strong enough. Then he has to go to cocaine, and then from cocaine to heroin or methamphetamine. I mean, it is, you, yeah. it, it's, just, it's just a downward trek. It yeah. doesn't get better. Things don't get better. They deteriorate. Yeah. Unless you're Darwin. Unless you're Darwin. then But you're... it still doesn't matter. Cause... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, there's another version that's like the New King James that's come out, and I forgot it. Is it the MEC? Is that it? That's supposed to be, they advertise it like the New King James? Yeah. They got more letters it totally, than that. It Apple. totally... Alphabet, new English so. version? No. Speaking of the New English version, let's talk about how the New King James came about. So you had a guy by the that was uh, had a company called Royal Publishing Company. His name was Sam Moore, Salim Ziadi. Yeah. If if and I may be pronouncing Salim Ziadi. Yeah. S A L I M his first name, last name Z I A D Y. Better known as Sam Moore. He was a businessman. Well, he bought out Thomas Nelson. Mm. Uh, Thomas Nelson started out publishing, if I remember, like Robinson Crusoe. This is back in the late 1700s. Yeah, 1798. Mm. And Thomas Nelson yeah. was Roman Catholic, by the way. He would end his letters with the name of Jesus and Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Well, my lady is Rhonda. It's not Mary. That's for sure. Yeah. And my other lady is my mother. Yeah. So I don't have a lady besides those two. Well, there you go. So, Sam Moore ended up buying Thomas Nelson. Mm -hmm. And do you want to tell the story? Well, you can tell it better than me. I mean, his son his son said, Daddy, you make so many Bibles. Why can't you make one that I can understand? Well, first yeah. of all, a five-year-old kid's not going to understand the Bible unless he's saved. Yeah. And I don't know very many two and three and four and five-year-old kids that understand enough about salvation to be saved. I'm not saying they can't be. Depends yeah. on if they realize they're a sinner or not in need of a Savior. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm very wary of a lot of these, uh, a lot of these professions that people make because I made one when I was ten, mm. and I didn't understand enough about it to be saved. I wasn't until it wasn't until I was eighteen that I understood Jesus Christ not only died for the sins of the world, Jesus Christ died for my sins, my yeah. filthy, dirty sins. Put Christ on the cross. And when that, when that fully, when I fully realized that, then that's when I got saved at the age of eighteen. Yeah, I was five. I was, I was five years and. But six you were or raised in months. church with a preacher for a day. I was raised in church. My dad wasn't a pastor, but he was a preacher, and they read me the King James Authorized Version growing up. Yeah, we had Bible time right. at night. Right, and that's so important. And here's why. So. Brother Mitch mentioned, uh, so Salim Ziadi, Sam Moore, had a son by the name of Joe. Joe got saved, supposedly, at it was a, a 11 years old. And so Joe went to, I think it was the First Baptist Church in Knoxville or Nashville. Mm-hmm. And the pastor gave him a New English Bible. Well, he mm-hmm. goes to Sunday school and they're memorizing scripture. And he's the odd kid out because they're memorizing the King James Version. I was I was at uh, one time I was at a funeral, at a Lutheran church, and uh, I guess he was the former pastor of that Lutheran or whatever they call him, pastor whatever, of that Lutheran church. And he says, "Let's quote this twenty third Psalm. Most of us have learned it in the King James Version, and we'll do that." So he starts quoting King James, and they have on the screen. <laughs> I don't know what version it was, but I want King James. So everybody that didn't have it memorized was looking at the screen, and you could tell confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Right. You could tell there was confusion at this funeral. Anyway, I'm, I'm Isn't that a blessing? Yeah, that was that was interesting. But anyway, so Joe Moore had this. Um, uh, it was I got I keep looking at my notes. This New English Bible, NEB. Yeah. And he, he felt weird. So his dad had given him a nice King James Bible with his name on it and all that. He went up to his dad's desk and put his Bible on there and said, Dad, since you publish Bibles, can you not make one that I can understand? Now, here's the thing about that. If he's asking his dad to get him a version he can understand. It sounds like Mr. Sam Moore did not train up a child in the way he should go. Oh, my. Because you got all the rhythmic stuff, and I'm not an English major. I studied finance in college. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got stuff in English, in the King James Bible, that helps for memorizing the meter of it and things yes, like that. It does. Okay, Had Sam Moore trained up his child in the way he should go, then he would already be on the path of learning English the way he should be. So why would you dumb down pure English to false English when you could just learn pure English? Yeah. So, and anyway, one of the mo- one of the most comical accounts I've ever heard, and 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 it's just so typical. C. H. Dodd, who was a rank liberal, that was a man that produced the New English Bible. It came out in 1961, and then in 1970, when I was a sophomore in high school. But he was looking for a word uh, to replace the word in the King James Bible, the fatted calf. 
So he went to Smithfield, which is the place, by the way, where Bloody Mary slaughtered a lot of our Baptist ancestors. He went to Smithfield to the meat market, and he went in there and talked to the butcher. He said, if you were looking for a word that you could use when they slaughter an animal, he said, which word would you use? And he named two or three things. And the butcher, who was uh, English, and I don't have a very good English accent, but he looked at the list of words and he said, well, it's like this, Governor. He said, uh, being a butcher, we've got technical terms for these kind of things. Uh, say we calls them fatted calves, just like your King James Bible said. So he made a fool out of C.H. Dodd. And, and if you've got a New English Bible, which I had, it, it is absolutely, if it wasn't so tragic, it would be comical. But in Psalm 22, where your Bible says, they pierced my hands and my feet, a prophetic reference to Jesus Christ written by David, it says they hacked off my hands and my feet. They hacked off my hands and my feet. They hacked off some words. Right, they did. What you're dealing with, you're dealing with lost individuals trying to put out a Bible. And I'm, folks, listen. I've come to conclusion after more than 44 years of studying this, there's a lot of men and women on these revision committees that no more knew God than a man in the moon. And if you, I expect and, you're and, right. And and I would, if you want to, you know, accuse me of judging, have your way. But I can't tamper with God's word, and God not deal with me. Amen. Frank yeah. Lawson tampered with God's word, and God yeah. cleaned his plow, and he, he said, "I've I'm in trouble with God. I've yeah. tampered with the word of God." And, and uh, that is in print and on audio. Yeah, I've got both. It's actually on sermon audio. Be careful careful of all the Calvinistic uh Calvinism messages that sermon audio pushes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh be very cautious with that. See, but, Kyle and I yeah. Kyle and I were ordained. We were ordained before the foundation of the world according to the foreknowledge of God, not to be Calvinist. And I'm going to persevere to be that way. Yeah, word. absolutely. Me too. I am. Uh, you know, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, perseverance of the saints. I got a better tulip. Totally unscriptural lies indoctrinating Protestants. That's a whole lot better tulip. It smells it sounds a whole good lot better. Me. Amen. Sounds good. Uh now you say brother mitch you say brother mitch we don't we don't follow john calvin we teach the doctrines of grace really if a baby is born That's and graceful. it's not elected and it dies it goes to hell and burns forever you know what you can do with that kind of grace i can't tell you what you can do with it because i'm saved and i don't use that kind of language anymore. and and Probably you may know this. Probably you may know. You should know this. That's not original with Calvin. Yeah. That's Augustine, a, a really the first, Augustine. known as the first Catholic. Yeah. Aurelius Remember, Martin Luther, Martin Luther was an Augustinian monk. Yeah, he was. Absolutely. Anyway. John Calvin's a, he's a latecomer. He's yeah. a latecomer. 
Yeah, and and there's a lot of independent Baptists pushing Calvinism too. Lord help, and if you're a Baptist, if you're a Baptist, don't call yourself a Calvinist. You're biting off a piece of the pie that you can't chew. And I know we got evangelists traveling all around pushing that stuff and a bunch of these naive, simple-minded preachers trying to make Calvinists out of them, convince them they're not safe so they can make another profession and, and, and so they can be quickened according to foreknowledge of God and so they can repent and believe and trust Christ. That's found nowhere in the lids of this Bible. That's theological hogwash. That's I, what that I is. I heard one of them say, it was Tom Gillum. I heard him say, uh, these people say that uh, you got to open your heart and let God in, let Jesus in. He said, you don't have to do that. He'll come in anyway. Yeah. yeah. That's what he said. I also uh, heard so Tom. So I've, yeah, yeah. that guy is a dangerous. He's, He's dangerous a as all get out yes, because independent Baptist preacher will have him in their church. Yes, sir. That's something I don't understand with all the preachers out there that people can have in their church that won't bring in Calvinism. They got to bring in a Calvinist. And these are people yeah. that I know personally. And I would say, Hey to them if I saw them at Walmart, but I don't understand it. Either. I, if I, I don't, if I knew a man, it, why would somebody? If I, I almost a, left, yeah. I almost left in the middle of the camp meeting. Oh yeah, yeah, I would have. <laughs> I, the whole place it was like, Ugh. yeah, I almost got up and walked out. I was wanting to preach though, and I didn't. Well, so. Matthew chapter one, I heard Tom Gillum say, Jesus Christ uh, came to save his people from their sins. See, there is his people, not everybody, just his people. I thought, Tom, man, rightly divide the book. He's talking about the nation of Israel. He's not yeah. talking about. Uh, elect Gentiles, but anyway, I don't. I don't know. I don't yeah. know that. Well, they have them in because they do a good job on something that's not Calvinistic. Yeah, right. But they but they filter the Calvinism in with it, and yeah. people sit there. You watch out, and they they lap that stuff up. Pastor, you better watch your people. You know yeah. what you are. You're the shepherd of that flock. When the wolf comes in, it's your responsibility to make sure yeah. they don't come in and scatter the flock. And guess who's going to answer for that? You are. And two, if you got young preacher boys in your church and you have somebody in, you know how young preachers can be. Oh, yeah. They get this superstar mentality with preachers. Yes. It's Michael Jordan when they're 10 and, well, hold on, that's my age. It's LeBron James when they're 10 and 12. And then when they get to be a preacher at 14, 15, <clears throat> it's all this evangelist. He's good. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you. I, man, Tom, I appreciate it. He's good. He's good. Young preachers many times are not, are not a, grown up in the faith enough to be able to eat the chicken and spit out the bones. That's right. That's right. So they hear somebody like Tom Gillum or another Calvinist or whoever coming to a church and he preaches a good non-Calvinistic message right. he's he's working himself up the hero totem pole mm -hmm. and then when he listens to him on sermon audio and says oh what's this election thing Yeah, man Tom Gillum said my pastor had him in it's got to be right he must be okay if he comes to our church and preaches that's dangerous now I know what some of you are doing right now you're sitting there and you're bullying you're so mad right now you could chew up 20 penny nails and spit out thumbtacks and you think that brother Kyle and myself are judging when that Bible says mark them which cause divisions 
and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned. Contrary to the doctrine. Yeah, contrary to the doctrine, the doctrine. That Bible tells us in Titus chapter 2 to adorn the doctrine of God. In Timothy, 1st, 2nd Timothy and Titus, you have doctrine mentioned over and over and over again. Why? Because young preachers need to give themselves unto doctrine yes. and they need to give themselves into reading. Now this is a little bit I'm 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 branching off a little bit, but maybe I should have made no, sure. That's fine. I don't Go know. ahead, brother. Go ahead. Give attendance unto reading, to exhortation, yeah. to doctrine. And some preachers are good at giving in exhortation. Some of them are. Yeah. Okay? And I amen. Give the exhortation out. Yeah. Okay? But give attendance to the doctrine. Because that's what's going to establish a young preacher's doctrine. Yes, sir. That's what grounds them. And then grow by reading. Yes, and and I've, I I really believe that that these older preachers need to help the younger ones out with giving them good reading material. They do. They do. Because they, they need to get off the off the PlayStation and start reading. Yes, yeah, sir. And that's that's one of the biggest problems of our generation. Uh, men have become internet believers instead yeah. of Bible believers. Now, don't criticize me. I've got a website myself. Even though I don't maintain it, I've still got it. I'm not against the internet. But the authority is the book, not the internet. Yeah. You can find it in YouTube. I'm. We're on YouTube. You probably, you may be watching this on YouTube. But uh, if you hadn't cut it off it, yet. Well, Yeah. <laughs> And you can get some good stuff on YouTube. I've learned some stuff off of listening to certain preachers who yeah. I have books that they wrote yeah, right. in my library. Listen to them on YouTube some. Yes, I've sir. gotten some good stuff. Yes, sir. But it doesn't say give attendance to YouTube. It don't. And in, in, my, in my house, my wife and I have 17 bookshelves in a four-room house. So we, we believe in giving attendance to reading. Not only do I read, but my wife reads. And when I read something that I think she should know, be interested in, I tell her I suggest she reads it, and she does. Yeah, And she and, can better support you. Yes, absolutely. When she reads. So my wife, if, if, if I'm a heretic, my wife is one too. We've been married for... Uh, uh, 46 years, in case some of you out there are wondering if I'm the husband of one wife. <laughs> no, no, no other woman would tolerate me. So, yeah, I was 19 years old when I got married. So, so, so don't even try to follow that train. I'm hearing out there that there's some been investigating me to see what they can find out about me will help yourself. Yeah, that's because you're on the debate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're going to well, try to poke holes in well, your character. That's and that's That's fine. Everything I'm a sinner saved by grace. God brought me out of rock and roll bands. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, learn to be up on stage preaching. I learned to be up on stage singing rock and rock bands all through high school. So you know, don't, don't, don't crank this stuff up and and tell me that it's scriptural because I know better than that too. You, I can name that tune in one note and still remember all the stuff back in the. 60s and 70s uh, before I got saved. I know scriptural, biblical music when I hear it. Amen. We don't get in that subject. Yeah. So uh, let me name a couple people that were involved with the New King James. Now, don't, I'll just give it out there. It's public information. 
Uh, you had W.A. Criswell. He's a well-respected man. Uh, Jerry Falwell. Yeah. Um, that was... Who was the guy that... I'm not even going to bring that up. You had Jerry Falwell. Adrian Rogers. Yeah. Um, who was a good preacher, by the way. Tremendous preacher, but look out. Yeah. Eat the chicken, spit out the bones, unless you don't know how to do it. Yeah. I need an amen there, and I don't have to get Yeah, it. you got one. Don't so, forget James Price, who was on the New King yeah. James Version Committee and also yep. on the Holman Christian Standard Version Committee that uses Nestle's Greek text out of Alexander. Yeah. Truman Dollar, yeah. and he's the uh, author of uh, the fundamental book. What's the name of it? Oh, yeah, Fundamentalism in America. Fundamentalism yeah, which in I America. Have at home. Uh, you had Duke McCall with Southern Baptist Seminary, yeah. and you had Curtis Hudson. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Curtis Hudson recanted of his involvement yeah. is what I heard. Is that true? Yeah, as far as I know, but his name's right here. This is the official the official promotional booklet that was put out in 1982. Uh, if Curtis's name's not supposed to be in here, I'd have sure made sure they let, that they let people know that I wasn't involved. Right there's his name. Yeah, it's why said, the uh, New King James Version. That's a good answer. It said a good in, question. It, I have not got a good answer yet. Harold Ockengay. Harold Ockengay was the president of Gordon Conwell Theological Seminary, one of the most liberal seminaries in history. And Harold Ockengay was the founder of neo evangelicalism in nineteen forty eight. So I'm telling you, there is sure, sure, sure a mix of individuals on that committee. Yeah, and it says... There uh, it is. Yeah. So, former founder of Sword of the Lord, all that stuff. Yeah. Wasn't he the founder? No, John R. Rice was the founder. He was, and John R. Rice, according to his own words in his book, Our God-Breathed Bible, which I have at home, he said when that book was written about 1969, he said the American Standard Version was the finest yeah. English translation ever produced, and the New American Standard New Testament, which is getting ready to come out, is even better, uh, though I stand against the RSV. It's the same Greek text. You can't believe one without believing the other. Before you turn us off, let me throw this in there. We are not giving biographical sketches here, right. full biographical right. sketches. Some of these men did some great things. Yes, they did. John R. Rice was one of them. He did some good stuff. Curtis Hudson yes, sir. did some did. great Wrote things. some great books. Uh, we're not trying to assassinate character. the full character of these people. Right. We're just letting you know so you know that you don't, so you won't be a man follower totally when these people go in the ditch. That's the problem. Follow them when they follow the English um, King James Bible. Right. Not follow them there when, when, they fo when they follow what's in the book. And when they don't follow what's in the book, run right on past them. Yeah. And, and that's that goes that, for me, that goes for yeah. him, that goes for anybody. If what we're telling you is not the truth, dump it. Yeah. But if it's the truth, you better believe it because you know something? You're going to stand at the judgment yeah. seat of Christ one of these days, and Jesus Christ is going yeah. to point his finger right down in your face, and you're going to have to explain why he gave you a book in the English language that he preserved himself 
And you're going to have to explain to him why you didn't believe it and yeah. why you said it had errors and interpolations and idicisms and glosses. You're going to have to explain that to him, not to Kyle and myself. It's going to be Jesus Christ. And just like me and him, we're going to stand at the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to answer. But I'll tell you one thing, by the grace of God, I will never answer for is trying to improve or correct one word of this Bible by the grace of God. And if you hear yeah. I ever do, you know I have lost my mind. Yeah. Follow somebody when they follow the Lord. Paul said, be ye followers of me right. as I also am of That's Christ. What he said. Nothing wrong with being a man follower or so, as long as they're following the Lord. Yeah. And when they quit following the Lord or in whatever category, area of their life where they're yes, not, sir. And that's that's part of trying you, to be you try a well to admonish them. You try to admonish them, and yep. if they won't listen, you uh, you you let God take care. And of that's that's part of being well, well, well grounded, well grounded. Yes, is sir. is when you can read after somebody that has a specialty that they're very good yeah. at, like church history, for example. You got to watch out with with some of those authors because they they slant it to the Catholics. They do, but or they, the Protestants, or the, or the Protestants. Protestants. Yeah, but they might do a good job of assembling information. Yeah, that's just an example. Absolutely. So, anyway, I know probably made a lot of people mad, mad with the John R. Rice comment and and Curtis Hudson, but right. I mean, there's truth there's truth. a lot of good that they did. Don't think I'm don't think we're we're just giving out what happened. That's it. That's it. So I'm. You said, brother Mitch, if I underst if I knew everything about you there was to know, I wouldn't have any respect for you at all. Well, if I knew everything about you that God knows, I'd puke. I think we would all puke at each other. Yeah, we would. That's we would. why. Because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why if you're going to get to heaven. It's going to be through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood. It's not going to be through sacraments. Nothing but the blood. It's not going to be through trying to become saved, like the New King James teaches, and the rest of the them. process yeah. and all that. It's not. It's not following the New King James when it comes to that. It comes to have you trusted Jesus Christ to take you to heaven, or have you not? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, yeah. the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And if you think I'm leaving repentance out, I'm not. Okay, yeah. for godly sorrow worketh repentance yeah. to salvation, not, not to be to repented be of, of, but the sorrow of the world, world worketh death. death. So you got the repentance part, yes, repentance sir. to salvation. Yes, sir. I just wanted to add that in because somebody might. Well, want you to got run to. I mean, you got to cover yourself. It's about as bad as putting a disclaimer on everything because you know this Sue happy, Sue crazy yeah. bunch of uh, people today. This generation they'd sue their their, their mother for twenty five cent. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of slander that can go on with putting this on video or audio yeah. because somebody who who knows how to do it can cut off something we say. And then post it on there as if that's all we said. Oh yeah, you got some people and, out there uh, that's crooked. They'll have to screw them in the ground. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just a, a. I'm. I'm not. Brother Mitch is the guy who goes around, and he's. You know, it's more likely to happen with you than with me. Yeah. But anyway, you got to try and get the word out. So that's all I got. That's all we're here for, just trying to get uh, the truth out. If you're lost and don't know Jesus Christ, he could come at any minute. The Bible says that today is the day of salvation. 
The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And in my flesh, Brother yeah. Mitch and his flesh, is a sinner. But the Bible says we are not of them who draw back into perdition, but of them which believe to the saving, saving of, the soul. of the soul. And so when I die, I'm going to heaven. My body's going down to the ground. Spirit's going back to God. And because I've got Jesus Christ's righteousness on my account, yeah. not my own. And if you're going to get to heaven, you got to have Jesus Christ's righteousness. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So there you go. Well, brother, brother Kyle and myself will both tell you when you get saved, you don't board a cruise ship. You board a battleship. Preacher, if you don't like controversy, then you're in the wrong profession. And let me tell you this, like Lester Roloff said, put on the whole armor of God. He said, a suit of armor is a mighty uncomfortable outfit for an easy chair. Yeah. Our Baptist ancestors were controversial. Paul was controversial. Every Christian in this Bible was controversial. And if you don't like controversy, then you better go join Joel Osteen or something. And if you're in for it for a profession. Yeah. Yeah, I probably wasn't, that wasn't a good thing for me to say, profession. If you're in it for a profession. Occupation. <laughs> go, go be an accountant or something. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can probably make more money doing that. <laughs> I couldn't do that. on your church size. I, I couldn't do that. I'm not very good in math. But, but uh, <laughs> the, the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. Yes, sir. So buckle up, buttercup, and let's roll. Yeah, God saved me July the 9th, 1974, called me to preach in December of 76, and ever since that day I've been trying to tell the truth. Amen. 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 Amen.